All right, Boog Lords, before we jump back into Sam Strachan's podcast, just a quick heads up. Riptide Revival photo book is almost finished. It's going to be available online or at your favourite Boog outlet. Anyway, let's jump back in and see what bombs Sam Strachan's about to drop. It was all a pipe dream, watching body boarding up on TV, deep at reef, watching tension repeats, eating... Cause I remember I didn't the first time until Hawaii I didn't I didn't qualify for the pipe event because I surfed one foot sandy beach oh. um against like yeah your kind of competitors that were more catered to those ways like I think I lost to a Japanese guy and a Venezuelan guy who don't me wrong were crazy comp surfers that could do an ARS off a bit of chop but when it came to the pipe event mm. I don't even know if they caught a wave in their heat exactly um, and it's almost a wasted which entry. is like the actually the best heat I ever had in the world too it was a perfect example of that like yeah can you just really recap that heat because you've explained to me numerous times the pipe I know the pipe yeah. yeah yeah and you got like one of the best waves of your life oh yeah that's one of our had our pipe but like honestly nothing on some of the things Lester got but um yeah, it was so – God, I think I'm it just might gonna, have been I'm – just, I'm just going to crack a beer, continue. So it was probably like round – God, there was so many um, rounds in that event. But basically I think it was like the round before the quarterfinals and it was last – very last heat of the day. Um, Pipe was, I don't know, 10, 12 foot like – West, as good as it gets, absolutely terrifying wash-throughs, but, like, as good as Pipeline can be. Um, had Lester, who was kind of my mentor from the age of, what, nine years old in the heat with me. So, like, not that that made me more competitive, but it just it even just kind of took the edge off being scared. I was out there with him. This was like what everything had eventuated to for me in a way. Lester actually gave me my first surf, my first bodyboarding lesson when I was like eight years old or something and then coached me through my entire bodyboarding career. Was my team manager at the time on turbo and wearing this heat round for the quarters out 10, 12 foot pipe. Kind of dream come to spec. And then, yeah, the two other guys in the heat were, I'm sorry, I can't remember their names, Venezuelan guys who had destroyed the qualifying tour comps out two, three foot beach breaks, but were so far out of their element out in the lineup. Oh, I can imagine. Absolutely terrified sitting off the peak. Mate, so, can you imagine being out there 10 or 12 foot, not really understanding what's going big on? Big waves, yeah. Oh, like, my goodness. I, we're very blessed going in Cronulla where it's kind of constant big waves and you're yeah. thrown into that environment a lot. And we've got and shit beach wrong, breaks. I was still terrified um, yeah. out there, but... um. Yeah, it was just so perfect and I remember like getting my first one, getting so pumped, losing my flipper, but it was like still attached by the fin saver. So it was like dragging me down at Beach Park, like just got the biggest beating, couldn't get to the surface for my fins. And um, Sasha Specker was just like taking photos that he was the IBA photographer at the time yeah. and he just started screaming at me. It's like, because I was just so wrecked. I was like, he's just like, Fucking paddle back out. This is like the biggest moment of your life. You're out 10, 12 foot perfect pipeline with yeah, your like yeah. mentor. What a in mentor front he of is the right world. there. Yeah. Can we just give a shout out to Sasha, Sasha Specker? Man, he, I traveled with him a lot he's in a my younger years and he's he looked guru. after me like hard. Oh, man. Man. Do you know how many people he's dude. done that for? Do you yeah. know how highly Michael also speaks of him and, and oh, all man. the stuff boys? He's a just. A, uh, Sasha a was guru. like the godfather. Like, I remember my first season of Hawaii, he sorted me out. And then from later on, like, we knew each other. We did Canaries together. Yeah. But yeah, he just gave me this just 30 second, like, wasn't angry yelling, but just like. Yeah, just like, it was like getting up bit slapped back yeah. in the line. I'm and so glad he did. I just, yeah, flip it back on, back out there, and then just like, I remember, I didn't even know at the time, but basically Desi had like a party back in Cronulla, back in Australia, and had like the big screen stream going with like all the OGs, like Benny Williams, like um, Buddy, Benny Sawyer, kind Sick. of all the island crew were watching this heat because it was me and Lester in it. And like, so they're all drinking, watching. And yeah, sure enough, ended up um, 
Oh, Leicester, like, I think Leicester got, like, two tens or something. Like, yeah, I did yeah. not beat him. But, man, I got two of the ways in my life, that heat. Like, and that's what a lot of people go in those comps for, man. If you can make it. 100%. Like, I mean, people go in those comps to win and don't get me wrong, and I'm sure you were there for a competitive element. But the, also the the other bonus of that situation is you're surfing pipe with three other people. That does not happen, 100%. man. 10 to 12 for pipe, there would be minimum 50 dudes. Minimum, if oh, not 100. Yeah, no, for sure. I don't think I've ever had, like... A proper I, – so I've done like five seasons, I think, in Hawaii, and I'm talking proper seasons, like two three, two months at a time kind yeah, of thing. psycho. And I don't think I've ever had a proper good one apart from that yeah. heat. Like but that's pipe. two months that was the done thing back in the day. Yeah, I, I, just, I made this point the other day with someone – I don't know if it was in this podcast, but maybe in a prior conversation, a surf location. And the kids of today – the younger Groms, like, do not understand what it really means to put the yards in oh, when it comes to, like, surgery. And maybe you could say generations prior to us also said the same thing because they had it harder. Yeah, they weren't even harder than us. But, yeah, man, we'd go to Hawaii for two months with, like, 600 bucks and somehow make it work yeah. as well. As and like- even more so for, say, the Saffirs who had, like, oh, the conversion. <laughs> how was that? Osler's <laughs> expressed how, you know. Dude, the way the Saffir boys traveled back in the day was oh. so impressive. Also slept on the beach at Pipe. We, we've spoken about this. Yeah, we dude, had to take him in. I remember so when I first he got met, kicked um, out of the Turbo House. That's right. Jerry kicked him out. Yeah, Shout that's right. Shout out Jared right. Houston. Um, who I'm actually just about to talk about. I remember the first time before Jared was even sponsored. Um, the first time he came to Cronulla, it's kind of oh, I remember when that. he got his first big break in the Boog yeah. scene. Him and... um. Another another Saffa bloke came over. Osla, it was Osla. No, it wasn't Osla. It was um, but he. Oh, you're talking about um, having the biggest mind blank. He's an absolute legend. I can't remember. I've forgotten his name. Pick, pick, Peck. yeah, pick, yeah. So he ended up getting deported from a diary entry saying he was working in Australia. Yeah, that <laughs> was gnarly. <laughs> um, funny though. Yeah, so they were living in Cronulla like before they met Des and stuff, and picking out of the Woolworths bin to eat every night. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, they the were like getting but their meals. You, I had good friends doing uni down in Canberra, bin jumping the same. Mm. Because the policy at Woolworths and Coles at the time, I don't know if it's still in place, they would throw out perfectly good food for the most ridiculous thing because they had mm. to, as a large organisation, abide by a very strict code so no one um, sued them or whatever. What are their processes were? Man, you'd jump in there sometimes and they'd be fucking like uh, – you know, like loads of chicken that was still in date, but yeah, it, all it, the roast chickens of the night and stuff. So yeah, they were getting good stuff. Yeah. Do you ever come um, roast hunting with me and Hut at Cronulla RSL? Roast hunting. Oh, we did a few times, man. So you'd go down on like um, like the I think uh, whatever nights they did roast. I'm guessing it would be Sunday. Probably Sunday. Um, yeah. and you go super super early, so like when they first serve it. Um, so when you get this, when you get like your 80, 90 year olds getting their Sunday roast. Yeah. And man, you sit the table across from them and they never have more than two spoonfuls. And then they get up and they go home with a full roast in front of them. So you sit down and eat it. <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> me and Hutt did it a hang couple on, times. Yeah, no money. On, yeah. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. So you're telling me, because <laughs> I'm thinking about Cronara Cell these days, you walk on Cronara Cell and like we're waiting for people to to finish their meal halfway through and then bail on it for you to finish it up for them and eat it, That's you'd correct. be objected like within seconds. It's back 15 years ago. I guess it was a different place because the RSL was way more local and it was just Yeah, like, that was when it was like the bistro at the front though. I know, the grains. It was I so know. like It was almost like quiet. you go to say like Crescent Head Bistro. Yeah, yeah. It just felt ways, like any you know? old Nowadays it's like one of these crazy conglomerate buddy Apple store oh, looking man. places. <laughs> I went to Anzac Day there this year. Yeah, so it for a bit. Yeah, of course. Fuck, what am I talking about? And, you you know, we were both in there just looking around going like that joint has just fired the fuck up, hasn't it? Like yeah. that, the, the, that place. I didn't even has... know my way around. It was weird though. Is this alcoholic? No, no, no. That's that that's straight kombucha. That's Hell delicious. Yeah. I am currently off the alcohol at the moment. Yeah, you're a month in, eh? Yeah. Just, that's um, sick. yeah, just. Clear the head a bit, you know. It's not nice. a bit old. You got to remember, like, and we all should take note of this. Alcohol is legitimately a poison. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Um, like it, there's X's on the bottle for a reason. Like four X gold. Yeah, <clears throat> it looks cool, but that means poison. It's also because Queenslanders can't spell shit. 
Yeah, the cane toads. You have a little jab nah, there. Sorry, look, a mango is not bad. The old yellow I love a tray can. of mangoes. Yeah, mate. no, hundred You can have cage up on your no, doorstep just, in the next yeah, day. Get fucking belted. Yeah, Nest is down here at the moment. Queenslander. Tyson, yeah, Tyson Ryan's down here at the moment. He might flog me. Nah, he's who is? He's one of the brothers. Uh Tyson Ryan. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah I think he's in Aladala at the moment. Living yeah, down there. yeah, yeah. I think he does the flying fly. Flying fly out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What so, a legend um, that dude is. Yeah, what a yeah. Nest. He's keeping a, the keeping the core spirit going. Super core. He's DK core. You yeah. can't get any more core. No. Remember that one of him core. at Pipe? I think it was that same season. Him just like the bottom turning on like the biggest wave ever on the yeah. day at Pipe. It's like. Yeah, some of the, my fondest memories of He's like the better version of Lackey. Like he's got the style, but he actually lands tricks. Oh, <laughs> jab and stab at Lackey. I don't know if I can agree with you on that one. Lackey's Dude, a pretty- he was the photo lord, but you watch every single section and it's just like, is he going to land it? Oh, cut to the next clip. Oh, is he going to land it? Oh, cut to the next clip. I reckon there's 50-50 land, mate. I'm, yeah, true. I'll definitely agree with you. I think I'm thinking t- of that um, OG, the profile section. Yeah, okay. I, that is true. And that's like got one of the best – Lester sections of like all time in it. And then there's also that um like young gun sections, like one of the best sections of all time. Can you mind us using that? I'm, I can't remember the young gun. Profiles, I think um the, one of the Lawrence brothers made it. No, no, no. I remember the movie, but not the young gun section. Oh, the young gun. That was like uh, Rat Pack days. So like Adam Benwell. Harry like, Dixon. Yeah, Tom Smith. Um, and then like Tom Smith. The you show. know Tom Smith was in the final with you. At, so that um, was what I was actually going to bring up back on that. So that was why that was such a big moment for that final. Not only qualifying for the Island Comp, it was like my dream, but um, Tom Smith was like one of my fucking idols growing He's a up. Very good that, his style was like yeah. what I just wanted to look yeah. like, and I, think I did everyone not did. at all. Yeah. In the end, I we had completely different body shapes. It was never going to work. Yeah. There's honestly two people but, that have those sort of flamboyant pop like style that have like so much strength and fluidity about them. Would have to gonna be say? Brendan Backshaw. Yeah. I reckon Brendan Backshaw was one of the stylish motherfuckers. Yeah. Going around a boog. So and my Tom board Smith shape was, was actually similar. the Brendan Backshaw board shape. Really? Yeah. See? So yeah. he only ever released one board with Manta, but I wrote it once and was like, this is the board. And you loved yeah, it. So yeah. that was my shape for years, which you ended up writing as well. The toys metal. Oh, yeah. I love. So that was the same yeah, shape. Yeah. So that's the Backshaw shape. Oh, my goodness, bro. That's a great board. Yeah. Dude. I love I remember that shapes. section came out where he was doing like invert backies. At the box, like I can't remember what movie it was. Um, God, it was in it was sick though. Pastiche, yeah, dude. Pastiche, yeah. God, there was that like um era of films going out of West Oz that were insane oh, around insane. that um period. Like, Alex um, Hazley was surfing a lot. Josh Garner, God, he's yeah, obviously still surfing, but ripped like, man. Yeah. Um, and yeah, obviously like Chris Gurney was Louis shooting and a lot. George and stuff were all yeah. coming up then. Like Louis was like Louis and George were all. Like, Louis, George, and Charlie were always kind of, like, who I looked to as my, not competition, but, like, that was the level you had to be at was their level. For kind sure. Of thing. I remember you always saying coming home, those guys are next level. I need to yeah, be Yeah, always. And they still are the benchmark, really. 100%. When you're yeah, it's crazy Louis, that. Bro? Yeah, the stuff they do, at, like, I the wedge would is insane. never do the stuff they're doing out the right. Or, yeah, like, the stuff yeah, they're the doing right out the insane, wedge yeah. is insane. Yeah, too, the wedge and obviously more so the right. The right's kind of deaf to find. The right's like, like. the paddle stuff they're doing. I remember, like, Hardy paddled one at the right that was, like. Like not even that big, and the whole body bodybuilding world exploded. Now Louis doing like casually and actually getting huge battles. Yeah, like, and Garner, Garner's oh like yeah, I remember the first um, cover of Garner when he like smashed his nose and knocked himself yeah. out. How that was that gnarly yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. the riptide cover with blood splattered Whoa. across it. Yeah, that that made it that made a splash though because I do remember looking back on that cover and that photo time and time again. I remember it popping up on Facebook a lot. Fire your toe, partner. Oi, bro, <laughs> how was that? But then also saying that, you know, Michael Novi's one and only way of oh, the right yeah. felt like a closeout when he first let go of True. the rope. And he thought That's of his toe partner. That's probably the best barrel maybe ever. Like. Oh, man. And he said at the time when he let go, I was preparing for total annihilation. Mm. I was preparing to go under and I knew that I'd already let go and there was no other way to go back. Yeah. But then it I just like opened up. Those kind of guys are like. No matter what situation they're put in in big waves, they're still trying to make it. Yeah, and they can't. see, like, a lot of guys now, and it's just about going. For sure. Those guys, uh, you saw big wave riders back in the day, and it was all about, like, manipulating the wave to your thing. Like, you watch, like, those ones that, like, Brando scooped into before he ripped his face off in the road, or, like, the ones that, like, Brad Hughes and stuff got out the right and got out Cyclops for the first time. 
it's always about riding that wave and trying to make it. Whereas nowadays, I feel like there's a lot of guys out there that just want to go. And it's like, I don't care what happens once I've gone, as long as I go and I get that photo of me going. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, that's cool and all like that charging adrenaline rush thing. But like, I I always looked up to the guys that were not going because they had the balls. They were going because they knew they had the skill to make it. And also they were pulling off waves that they knew weren't makeable 100%. and they weren't just going because there was 10 cameras in front of them. It's a big difference this day it's too. It's a massive you know? difference. And, it's and like, we've all fallen into it, but we've all realised at, you know, and only certain times, whatever, when the hype's there or session's there, when you were chasing it when you were younger, you would go certain places or certain waves because you knew things were unfolding and you wanted to get content for your sponsor. Mm. That's totally understandable. But when you're constantly doing it in, in, in big, waves just time and time again for no real reason than other just for glorification it gets to a stage where you kind of realize that it's not pure it's just like Shane Ackerman for example is pure Shane Ackerman does that man because Shane wants to mm. just go that yeah, he's got some screws lose that yeah. brother he's just going ham and just wants the most sexy situation him, man. Like, yeah because that, that's a challenge you know but yeah you're talking about the people that are trying to do it for the insta fame they're trying to do it for the cred they're not doing it for the core reason they're doing it for the social oh, 100%. no no it wasn't Dave's dad's anyone in particular but I just don't think like it's kind of lost that big wave games lost its element a little bit on the East Coast especially, not over in WA, the stuff they're doing there is so wild. And because that is so much more life or death, you can't just throw yourself into one at the right. If you do, you're going to die. Yeah. Um, like as we saw with like Damian Martin almost dying on that one, like he's mm. a skilled big wave rider. For sure. And he made what one wrong turn and almost came to his yeah. demise. Like, do you think about Mook Young over in a certain wave in South Australia um, that we all know is one of the yeah, most perfect bombers Nick over Omrod there? Yeah, as well. Omrod, Same thing. You know? And these are all guys that are amazing riders. But I just think in that, like, middle consequence ground, there's people doing, like, just that go without any intentions of making it and that's not, like, it's cool and all, but, like, I don't know. For me, like, I would never call – I would never see it as charging – for the sake of charging, like for me, I'm like, I'll only ever go away if I think I have the skill to make that wave, yeah. I think. Or I have the opportunity to make it. Yeah, I have the opportunity to make it. Like, I don't know. Everyone's how married into things every now and then. For sure. But, and um, sometimes that's a and fun part of the session. I think that's why I've lost my big wave game now. I was like, I'm like, I know I'm not, I've passed my peak. I don't know. I don't think I can make that wave. Like, whereas like maybe I could have back in the day kind of thing. For sure. I, I think that's also sometimes a mind frame. It can be mental. And sometimes you've got to be in the mind frame to do it. Mm. Times where I turn up at the surf and I'm just like... Ah, I got work to do. I got other things. I shouldn't really be here. I'm pushing the envelope. Hundred percent. I got a career that's this. not bodyboarding. Like, it's, yeah, 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 for sure. But you're, the the reason we're we're speaking about this is because you're doing it for the right reasons. So 100%. then, when you want to surf and the waves are there and it's actually the right feelings and and you're doing it to challenge yourself and it's it's everything's all honky dory. That's epic too. I turned my back on quite a few sessions in the last few years that I never would have back in the day. But the difference was back in the day I was. Surfing was my life. If I got hurt surfing, that was a part of the job. Whereas nowadays, if I can't go and teach a lesson to my students on Monday morning, there goes my income kind of thing. For sure. Then it was very nice to finally be in a full-time job where I can take sick leave and get paid for the first time in my life. But yeah, you know what I mean? It's um, a big luxury. Yeah, no, you can't put that. And, like, I've got a partner now and I've got a dog. You can't yeah. put, like, that stress on them kind of thing. So. It's much different when you don't have any responsibilities, I think. Oh, for sure. And back in the day, really, from the ages of like 15 to 25, are we they had no responsibilities. Um, yeah, they are. Lauren's candling. Yeah, Lauren's candling. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I've just been staring at these things for like five minutes going like, I remember your wife candling the sand out of all our ears years ago. It was probably the last time I ever did it. And now, um, yeah. He's yeah, she actually it. got them for the exact reason because I wear a lot of blue tack and unfortunately yeah. that my ears will get blocked on both ends and the wax will build up. So they got to like strip them you out. Remember, I remember like it would have been early years of you and your wife when you were dating, Lauren. Um, she'd come over and candle all the sand out of our ears and then walk on our backs because she's like only like 30 kilos. Yeah. Little yeah, Greek woman, yeah. a lot of feisty. Which is a little bit like heavier now, but don't tell her I said that. After the <laughs> you mean just told, like, <laughs> <laughs> told the whole body body community, but um, no, man, but no, but yeah, she just like walking out bass as a massage, yeah, she's the best, best that thing ever, dude. She's 50 kilos, ringing wet, wet. I, I've always said to her, if she 
ever wanted to pursue another career other than high school teaching, it could possibly be in the world of um, horse racing with jockeys, oh, or dude, even my just partner in could as well. equestrian. She's five foot. Yeah, <laughs> when you think about it, man, like there's a lot of danger associated with the job. I understand that, but if you can look past that. You go to a race meeting, say there's like six or eight races, you ride in all of them. Say you ride in six of them and you get paid around $200 a mount, it's $1,200 for the day. You ride five days a week, you could be upwards of like and seven. And you find the right and person that's without throw prize a race money. and then you. Yeah, exactly. And you're riding 52, 53 kilos. You're just steering these beautiful four-legged beasts home. It's, um, it, hey, oh, it, my, and this is a weird fetish, the one thing I would like more than to continually serve perfect you know, 10 to 15 foot barreling waves for the rest of my life would be to ride a winner down the Randwick straight. Like just to cruise <laughs> up around the bend, know you've got a lap full of horse and legitimately just sit there at the 400 meter rise, top it and just let down. Wouldn't even have to use the shillelagh, like put it away, ride it out hands and heels just to the roar of the crowd, win by a couple of lengths and just be stoked. That's sick. I've never had that inkling, oh but I've, my that's goodness, sick. I've dreamt of it. Yeah. Wet, wet dreams about it. It's I don't know insane. if I've even ever rode a horse. I'm sure I have at some point in my life. Yeah, I've been privileged on a number of occasions and it's ridiculous. The um, the bond you can have with them for sure. Mm. And look, I know people are probably listening to this thinking that there's a dark side to horse racing. There's a dark side to everything and really they've been held a lot more accountable in the last yeah. 10 to 20 years because of – the way it's been thrust out into the um, general public. Yeah, look, everyone has their thing that someone else doesn't agree with. I'm not here to know, go into that I stuff. So. It's so shit that I even have to give that uh, that little alibi there too. It's a joke. Yeah, I think like oh, look in to this even day talk age, about it. You have like to explain poop. yourself for everything you say. And look at this stage in my life, cancel me. Fuck you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like well, the best. Sorry, this- um, to like look, I. At this day, I'm doing my thing. I don't need to cater to sponsors or anything anymore. Yeah. The legends who still help us out every now and then, like props to them. But you know what I mean? This The bodyboarding world isn't my career. Yeah, cancel I know. Me exactly over what you whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'm happy with myself. Um, Oi, so talking about the bodyboarding um, world and, and, and the career, talk about some of the moments that um, – were some of the worst, bro? Because you've talked about like some of the highest and whatever. What what were some of the worst within your bodyboarding career? And what um, what are the ones that really still like leave a stain on your teeth? Um, toys bodyboards was a funny one. Riding for them. Mm, um, tell us more about that. Yeah, I was real young. I think I just got taken advantage of how young I was, yeah. kind of thing. You were like um, 14, 15? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have been like fourteen. Um. I was writing for an awesome company called Plastic People. They fully put me onto the scene. New York clothing brand, guy named Chuck Rainer. He's a legend. No animosity. He has nothing to do with the story. He just introduced me to the guy. But, um, yeah, a guy named Will George owned Toys Body Boys. I don't even think anymore. He's just a bit of a shady character. Um, but, yeah, I guess he – I was coming up in the bodyboarding world in Australia and he used that to shine that kind of light in the American bodyboarding world and kind of yeah. made me the poster boy of his company. Um, yeah, he convinced me to drop out of high school and fly over to Hawaii when I was, what, 15? Wow. So, yeah, I did that. I got there and he uh, didn't rock up at the airport to pick me up. <laughs> so I was mm. like 15-year-old kid overseas by himself for the first time in Hawaii, about to go to my first season in Hawaii to drop out of high school and this, yeah, dude doesn't even pick me up. I don't know what happened. I think he was <laughs> drinking somewhere or something, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like first thing, like back then, man, that was – Living up to the true rock culture. Yeah, look, there, back <laughs> then there was no mobile phone to like Wi-Fi to call yeah. for help there or was Uber no or anything. Facebook You're, Messenger. Yeah, there was yeah, no WhatsApp, like, Signal, Telegram. 100%. Like there's none of that stuff. So I was just kind of stranded 15 what years old. Was there pager? Were you, like, were you into pagers then? No, nah, Are you going to nah. hit me on the beeper? Get me on the beeper, bro. I still had like uh, I think that was like iPhone one day kind of thing, but it wasn't like now where everywhere has free Wi-Fi. Like everyone has free Wi-Fi. There was no like unless you were at the accommodation, you didn't have Wi-Fi. Yeah, kind for of thing. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, even especially the, when you're in a new country, you're not going to be able yeah. to just have a SIM. I'm sure it's like, nice and now, but Honolulu Airport at the time was pretty trash. Oh, bro, like, I think it still is a bit dodgy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not the nicest 
butted down. But it's one know. of the busiest airports, I swear to God. Yeah. There are so many people flying in and out of Hawaii. And that's what I mean. I got so lucky in the end, like, to even run into someone I well didn't even know at the time. So then, yeah, I got real lucky. It was, Hub was there for some reason, flying in or flying out. We had a car, so he must have been picking up someone. But, yeah, I know just, like, kind of walked. I think he came out to me and was like, oh, what are you doing? Like, obviously, you're a bodyboarder. And he's – because he's just, like, the world's nicest guy ever. Like, very – just soft-spoken, super tappy-gurky guy. He probably would have to be one of the nicest guys oh, 100%. you've ever met, even outside of bodyboarding. And he was, like, just super unthreatening, just came up to us, just, just like, oh, what's going on? Like, you're obviously a bodyboarder here. And I'm like, dude, I am I'm freaking out. I'm like, yeah. just flown here from Australia 15. This guy was It's, it's actually amazing that you probably did one of the longest flights anyone could do in the world at that stage, like leg-wise. Yeah. Because she would have flown from. Sydney straight through, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, Sydney to LA is the longest. Sydney to Honolulu is only, what, mm. 10 hours? Oh, true. Yeah, no, I've done Sydney to LA too. That's Yeah, but man. at that age, 10-hour flights are pretty hectic yeah. flight, bro. That's big, big. And, um, so, yeah, got off all kind of delirious and then, yeah, this guy's meant to pick me up. It's nothing and sure, not there. And sure enough, so he's been like, yeah, it's Will George guy. And Hub's gone like, oh, fuck. Yeah, all right, like come with me kind in of thing. straight away, yeah. Um, yes, he drove me to the North Shore and dropped me off to like Leo and um, Ben Player were staying together. Like Alex Leo and Ben Player had a house Sick. in Ghana and Savoji and Bosa. Savoji was there. Was it, oh, it was a 662 house, of, oh, course. of course. Yeah, so yeah. it was like a 662 team apart from Ben, but like he just was staying there anyway, I think. Um, but yeah, it dropped me there and I stayed with them for the rest of the season, which is pretty funny. But I'm um, like, so it sponsored, flew me out and didn't fucking stay with him. I think I surfed like off the wall once with Aka Lyman and um, Keith Suzaki. Oh, yeah. And so I was, oh, that was the other thing. I was the only prone rider on a team drop nears. So then I'm like, I'm like, I want to surf pipe. They're like, well, we're going to go surf off the wall and kind of pull into closeouts. So I'm like, yeah, that sounds sick. Bye. Um, so, yeah, I didn't even end up shooting with any of the team. I spent the whole season just with Leo and Ben, didn't even hang with the toys guys at all. What about Ghana? Who was Ghana riding for? Was Ghana Empire. was riding for Empire. Yeah, yeah Empire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's kind of always been on the – what is he riding now? Hub. That's right, yeah. He, right. Ride, he rides Hub's boards. Yeah, so that was – yeah, that was shitty. And then toys ended up – they spoke a big game and kind of manipulated me pretty well into like mm. – What's that word that all of the worst bodyboard sponsors in the world used to use? Um, reimburse. Mm. We will reimburse you for this. Fuck me. The amount of times I heard that from bodyboard companies. Oh, no. They uh, couldn't front up with the money. Oh, man. So, yeah, like my obviously my mum at the time was kind of fronting up cash for stuff that, yeah, yeah toys, we'll get, we'll, we'll get you back, whatever. Sounds like a Land Lucas scenario. Yeah, man. Um, but as of recently, there is light at the end of the tunnel Yeah, there. actually, that's another – Good slap in the face, mate, with Boogan. So, but isn't that just prime example? Oh, of what and you I was about to say, I have almost like everyone has a story about Mike. Unfortunately, you look at like man, Tom Robb. You look Rigby. at Rigby. You look yeah. at all the like Rollins was first Rollins, on Zions, man, yeah. and it was the same Again, thing. You don't with all know of them. the personal relationship and what occurred in, inside yeah. and the deal. But it's always what like you should be honored to ride for me, not I'm going to pay you to be my team rider. I know. I know. So, it's yeah, hard. like when I left, well, didn't leave, when Turbo, my major sponsor down the line, went bankrupt and we all got thrust onto the market. So there was like a bunch of world tour riders without major sponsors now, everyone going for a deal. So all the companies knew that we were desperate because it was like too many riders for the amount of like positions available. Yeah, um, yeah Stuart offered me 1500 bucks to still do the tour, 1500 bucks for the what? year. What? Yeah. Without a travel budget? Fifteen hundred bucks was my like, budget, so you couldn't I even, even pay for one set of flights. Yeah. Oh, and then like, how the hell do you take a photographer on that one trip then with fifteen hundred bucks? Oh my! Like, yeah. Goodness, so so unreal. Do you remember I had one science board for like three weeks? Who well, doomed? So that's when fail. we were in conversations, and then yeah, I was just like, "You're taking the absolute piss, right?" Yeah. And then I took an even darker deal and went and rode for Julio, who was one of. I, the demise of world body was one of the best things that happened, um, I believe. Um, like, <laughs> Julio is another guy that's just milking the sport that does not care about bodyboarding at all. Um, I'm happy to say that on this podcast. Yeah, that dude, brother man. does not care about bodyboarding. You speak at, your mind. He's here to milk it for every cent it has and yeah, wow. screw everyone on the way way down. Yeah. Um, the only dealings I've had with Julio, I tried to reach out with him, out to him, sorry, um, when I was working over at Movement a couple of years ago via email for – um, some sort of article or even for the magazine, the print magazine that we were doing. And 
wouldn't give me any of his time, wouldn't reply to my emails, and I think mm. only if you had any certain weight behind you, probably looking at me going, who the fuck is this bloke? And mm. I understand to a certain degree, but I also don't, thinking that like I had, you know, I was from a magazine that had a relationship with that company where there was advertising and a, a business relationship backwards and forwards. It was yeah. just very unusual and I just found it very arrogant. The funniest one was when um he tried to st- – like put his weight over and stand over Dez and say the I can't remember what it's Dez from Emerald Bodyboard. I remember he was trying to say something like only stock my boards or some crap. Yeah. Um. Another great reimbursement moment. Stealth Julio's company said they were going to pay for flights for the Cook Islands for me and Blackie. Um. Which ended up getting like a six-page article and Riptide with Stealth logos all over it. Um. Dez paid it. Up front, and Julio never paid him back, which is another great example. But yeah, um, after That's trying ridiculous. to put his weight over Des, so you got free advertising through that magazine. Yeah, and then never the paid Des back. Yeah, that's psycho. Um, but then also, uh, yeah, after he like put his weight on Des over some stupid shit, Des has packed up every single stealth board in the shop into boxes and dropped them back at the factory. It was oh. just like, cool, we don't sell world anymore. It's like, yeah, Des, you badass. Like, so I do sick. remember that, and that's why he's probably yeah, still in- to this day. There's no world bodyboards items at all in Emerald. That's psycho. Yeah, not even stealth fins. Yeah, Sick. wow. Really? Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, that's big. So, um, and it's sick because, like, World used to own bodyboarding, man, back in the day. But now NMD and Verse, like, VS have gone to Winnie and Ben. Like, they're yeah. doing that so with Rayon. They're nailing they're that. They're killing that. So, yeah, they're looking after me still. Like, man, they send me, like, a board a year and that's all I need at this time. And it's yeah. just a sick board. Like, Oh, their board's amazing. I remember I was sitting there one night. Not a board sponsor and just thinking like, oh, well, like if I'm going to buy a bodyboard, what am I going to buy? And I was like, NMD, in my mind, are the best bodyboards. Like they're just kind of like a world above in my mind. So I may as well just like. Oh, yeah, you haven't had a handpicked custom just yet. All right. Oh, look. Like every, a handpicked custom. They didn't I even think if you walk down to the shop point, here. No, no, I know. But if you just want to trot down to Karen Bar and Michael and Mark will sort you out, they'll sort you out. Look, he's had his opportunities to offer me a spot on the team. You know, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but I, just, I reached out to Ben and was like, yeah, man, I'm surfing still. Like, he hook us up with, like, a cheap board or something in a bit of a scumbag at the time. And he's like, nah, man, just, like, send you some boards. It's all good. And, like, That's yeah, it. they don't ask anything of me. Like, it's really I post good whatever I can for yeah. them. But I think they're just cool. Like, give us some gear and um, sort us out, which is mad without any kind of pressure behind it. Because that's what ruined me in the end, man. It was like mm. I went from being on the tour with Turbo with enough money to do the tour and trips and kind of make, like, I was making three or four clips a year, free surf clips. Yeah, going to- amazing clips. Like, we really got to just, man, make note of, like, how good your surfing was. Surfing was <laughs> sick, bro. Like, really, man. you really hit a really good height. Uh-uh. Some of your airs were fucking ridiculous. When I went down to sessions with you, down at Ball, especially at Nuggan, like, it shone through that how miles above you were and people still ask like when i would go travel up and down the coast and after you had given up not given up bodyboarding but you'd push it aside yeah, there a was two bit. years there I yeah because you were over it and i, I was get done, it people yeah. were asking they would always ask especially the port boys they would yeah. always ask how's tracking doing what's he yeah. going on like still bodyboarding that fucking yeah. frothing so um, like really hats off to you because uh, you reached good heights yeah like thanks man like i don't know i was just so competitive i never saw myself as the best or anything like man i was just always just so competitive like i would put out a clip and like louis would put out a clip and you'd yeah. like be better and be then the next one you'd be like just trying to yeah. one-up each other and but then see that's a great benchmark all... to have though like even yeah. there you compare yourself to greatness and like yeah that was like when we were like 16 or so like it was like me thorpe charlie george louis like just putting out clips like once every and, like, there was no Instagram, so it wasn't, like, every session you were seeing the best clip someone got yeah. that day it, it happened. Was it was, up. like, three months stacked up. You'd drop a clip on Vimeo. Yeah. Everyone would be hyped up to see it. You'd just be like, oh, my God, that's what they've been doing over on the West Coast. I've got to lift my game yeah. so hard over here on the East Coast. And then you would go and you'd put together your next clip, and it was just kind of these It's almost what Pride Bodyboards do now with their team clips, almost, yeah. I reckon. I would compare that to that. Like, really, if you look at – What's coming out now with the content? They're one of the best content creators. I've always been good like that, Sebastian man. Like, Bullard, so I think like I was up. on Turbo getting sick support, and then like Louis obviously was on Pride, and they were mad as well. Like they were supporting him hard, and then NMD obviously supported like Charlie and Thorpe. Yeah. So there was like you needed to be on those core brands to have enough support to do shit properly, like do yeah. the trips we were doing, get to all these and comps. get money, like actually um, get money to pay for this stuff. 
And then it went from like, yeah, like that all fell apart and I ended up on stealth still trying to chase comps and stuff. But like that, the money, like not even existent existent like I, I had enough to do like maybe two trips a year and yeah, still work a full-time a job as a chef yeah, at the time yeah. and, and then like, you could just full-time job as a chef your lifestyle is then getting hindered because you're trying to work late surf early yeah all the pressures of your life then like you want to grow up as a human being and still experience things like fucking relationships and yeah. normal things that humans and want then to like, do julio obviously not being a bodyboarder either the guy who was running stealth at the time like just the most ridiculous expectations. Like we'd be in like a two month flat spell and he'd have no money to go anywhere for a trip and be like, oh, we need an ad next week. You know, <laughs> how the hell am I meant to do that? I've got no money to go on a trip. I'm on the East Coast. It's in a flat spell. And he just didn't get it because the guy doesn't look at weather charts. He's just is like, where's my photo kind of thing. And yeah, it was those yeah. pressures amongst a lot of other things like, oh man, like the Thorpe wipeout rattled me a lot and then my yeah, can you please like elaborate with the thought wipeout we'll start with that one because that yeah. was no and i wasn't there for this one but i know well, you're not there no because it was you pino huddy and i think came in i think because yeah that's right but yeah. i just i think anything i affiliate with that crew i affiliate with you being of course, there and i do the same with you but yeah, yeah I wasn't so there for you that weren't one. there right shit <laughs> that throws a spanner in the way so i fully thought you were there nah um no so Oh, man, it was like big east high tide supers. So if anyone who knows supers knows you surfing on low tides, it's mm-hmm. further away from the rocks. So it'd been one of those sessions. Wasn't, and less backwash. Yeah. So it wasn't long after like Max around got that big supers cover. It would have been like a year or two later. What a, a psycho seasons. that man was too. Hats off to Max. Oh, yeah, Art. man. Max, what a dude. Eh? He's oh, like, he's legend. killing it now, man. He owns that big construction company. Yeah, he's good like, on him. I only saw Looks him. like Arnold Schwarzenegger, man. He's so big. Yeah, he's jacked, <laughs> eh? He, he, he was also a guy that whatever he put his mind to, he was always going to be mm. successful at. He was a very So cool oh, back dude. to what we were saying with like wave trends, that Supers was the trendy wave at the it time. Was. And it's off, it, everyone's forgotten about it now. It's I know. Weird, they're coming like, in and out of vogue, don't they? Yeah, but so Supers was trendy. So we're there and like all the big wigs are there, but it's like high tide and everyone's waiting for low tide. And yeah. me and Thorpe being like 14, whatever we were, we're like so much to prove. We're like, we're going out. Like even Pino hadn't come out yet kind of thing. You know yeah. what I mean? And Pino was the benchmark. Yeah, I mean, Thorpe like, yeah, we got this kind of thing. And Pino's come out too because we sat out there for a bit. Hoffy was filming. Timber Nathan was on the other side of the Yeah, um, I remember that. He footage. was there with the Bra Boys. Um, yeah. yeah, they're a crucial part of this story, those fuckheads. Uh, uh, we should definitely touch on the Bra Boys a little bit later. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Um, yeah, so High Tide Supers, I, uh, we're out there and it's pretty, it's fucking big. Um, the Predator was towing. Mm. Um, another good, another crucial character to the story. Um Eddie Blackwell, that's his real name, isn't it? Yes, um, yeah. Man. Oh, man, he was out there before us, only guy out towing. And, like, we saw he went straight on one man and tried straight. to run. So he's like, it's a super, if anyone doesn't know it, is like, it's on the rocks. Like, the lip of the barrel lands on the rocks. He's tried to go straight. And you know how deep they tow from? So this is like 50 meters before the wave even is supers yet. This is just baldy headland. Um, yeah, he pulled straight and tried to run. So he got off his board and tried to hit the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off, he did. Yeah, that and he got unbelievable. So fucked. And it's unbelievable, man. But then he went back. Yeah, that trumps Damien Martin going straight at the island. Yeah, you remember that? Yeah, I remember that. That was, that was gnarly. I, I was worried for him because that's one thing you never do there. No, safest place is inside the barrel. Inside the barrel yeah, with the water. By water. <laughs> Let it explode you, and you can try and navigate it in there, not out in front of it. But yeah, so um. Yeah, we're sitting out there and it's like big and like so many, all the big wigs are on the rocks kind of thing like that we wanted to impress. And like first wave of the set came and I went. I can't believe you tried to run up the rocks. Yeah. <laughs> so I got first wave of the set, which was like the safe one in the end because like no, no backwash, yeah. nothing. It was super clean. I got like a. It's like the opening wave of one of my old clips. Yeah, so I'm it's pretty a sure on that solid yellow board. Pit, man. That's a 10 footer. Yeah, like kind of free ball a bit and then get my bearings. So I got that. And um, I think that's like what's pushed Thorpe to just be like, I'm going, whatever comes next. Next one was bigger, straighter, meaner, like just that no north in it, yep. straight. And like you see the photo, man, it looks like chopes or something. Yeah. And he, um, well, to you know, let people know and to set the scene that haven't seen this wave. And you really should look up old videos like Video Itself by Todd Barnes or The mm. Rome's, um, Rome 1 and 2. They highlight a lot of it in there. 
like this wave comes from super deep water onto a slanting rock shelf that is covered in barnacles, perfectly scaped by, you know, the swells that have hit it for thousands of years yeah. and rifles off one of the most perfect barrels oh, legitimately yeah. 10 feet away from dry rock. 100%. You see, like, you see the rocks when you're taking off. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so there's, like, so much more backwash in this one. and But, like, it was just thick and, like, I don't know. He might tell a different story. In my memory, he fucked up. <laughs> I'm like, so he's scooped well. Like you see, because you see the photo, he's scooping and he yeah. sat up and he should have just pretty probably, I don't think he would have made it, but like he would have got the barrel of his life. Yeah. But he's tried to bail. Oh, and don't bail there. Yeah, Try and no. race as far as you so, can. So right in the thick, right at the bottom of the waves. So he's just oh, but hang on a second. I've also seen people at the takeoff bail out quickly out the back and nothing's happened to them. Yeah, 100%. But he was too far gone. He'd already scooped by this okay, stage. So he'd okay, scooped, yep. sat up in the barrel and went, oh, and tried to bail. Yeah. And he, I just remember seeing his limp body go over head first. And, yeah, so he's popped up. Face down, completely unconscious with the next one, still 10 foot, whatever, coming. And I'm like in the impact zone because I just got one. And he's like that. Can you see how fast people get washed? Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's there and he's limp and he's like 10, 15 feet away from me. So Face I, down. Face eh? down. So I've fucking freaked out and just like grabbed him and just copped that next one on the head. Yeah. Um, Which would have pushed you further down. Yeah, the so point. then we're getting pushed down and like he's kind of come too and his face is like, a balloon. So he's yeah. like. Seriously concussed. Yeah. Um, and Pino's rushed in as well. So me and Pino got him on a board. Yeah. And then like. There's, there's no jet skis there. No. So this is what's cool. Um, so like at that stage in his life, like Eddie Blackwell, the predator, everyone used to call him. Like everyone was kind of scared of him and he was known to be this badass, like scary there's guy. There's been a lot of run-ins with him for yeah, sure. Yeah. A lot of run-ins at like his local spot and stuff. He came straight to help. Legend. Straight in him on his in the ski, got him on the back because you know if like supers is ten foot like Bally short, he's like six to eight foot 100%, still. Yeah, well, was at least no, four to six foot. Yeah, there was no pulling him in kind of through that by myself. So, yeah, he's put him on ski right up to the shore. Yeah, got him off the ski, still spitting blood, spitting foam. Fucking Kobe Abbott and walks over. So that's what you get for being a fucking bodyboarder. Kick sand in his face. Fuck off. Swear to God, piece Fuck of off. shit, man. Fuck off. Yeah, we, yeah. We, we need to talk about him encounters with Kobe a little bit yeah. further on. But can, can I just clarify that again? You've pulled him to shore. Yeah. After Eddie Blackwell sorted him out with the ski, he's seen what happened. He looks like half dead. Literally, you've seen the footage of his face. He looks oh, half fucking dead. Mate, he's lucky to still be here. Like, and, and that pretty much ultimately stopped Thorpe riding a bodyboard. That was the end of his career, As it yeah. much did the owner of Drag... Drag itself, the surf brand, Ryan That's Maddox. That's right. He had same thing. Dude, that was like the same beating, actually. Mate, thinking about it, thing. it's fully like identical beatings, except if, Maddox nosedived. Yeah, and I don't <laughs> know if Maddox came away with any severe injuries where yeah, Thorpe true. did. But those sort of moments <clears throat> just said to him that, yeah, I, I don't want to do that anymore. 100%. Same, the same with Thorpe. They're life changing moments. So, yeah, he was like, yeah. So, once the bra was kind of fucked off. What um, a cunt. So, he was in. Excuse me, I'll, I'll probably have to edit that out. Never use that era. Just a big C bomb. No, just, just, just cruise on. That's all right about that, everyone. Um, <laughs> so, where was he on the actual point itself? Like, where, where, where oh, were we? We're still on the beach him? at this point. He'd come over to see what's going on because we couldn't get him up on the point. We couldn't move him. We thought he broke his back. So, he's just lying okay. on there. Oh, so the inside beach is supers. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Yep, Bally yep, yep. Beach or whatever it's called. Um, like the one where, like, you no know, toes and stuff is. We're just, like, just geo-spotting all the spots. Everyone knows where these spots are. <laughs> For sure. And if you really want to go surf supers, hats off to you. Go, go yeah, surf supers. Yeah, it, it's a wave that doesn't get really crowded because it's when it's good because it's terrifying. Um, yeah, and it's one of those waves where a lot of people have had life-encountering um, moments. Yeah, life-changing like moment, yeah. Damien Martin, man, breaking his back out Yeah, there. 100%. So, yeah, thought. I've got Carter off the hospital. I went with him. Turns out he like broken a bunch of ribs, broken his jaw. Like yeah. he, he had to have jaw surgery, didn't he? Yeah, he had to have jaw surgery. But yeah, if like he was out, if he'd got that next one on the head, limp body, I don't know what would happen to him. I mean, I'm, I would almost be putting all if I was a betting man, which I am, I'd be putting that as like an odds on favorite. He'd his carcass would just be washed up onto the rocks and. Yeah. Or washed down it, he'd be unconscious and he'd dare say he would drown. No, like, I'm, I'm not yeah, even joking. Yeah, that's a scary wave, man. So I don't yeah. know. I've, 
<laughs> I've gotten like I've said like one session out there since that day. I got that beating that's in that 2012 clip. If you remember that, just kind of like fall top to bottom and get cleaned up and then get the next one on the head. I don't remember that. So one I, I went back out there after like two years and was like, we've come back and then I just got fucked up again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't fuck with that wave at all. Um, I think there's definitely there's there's moments out there and I've had a couple myself, I've only surfed it scarcely, but the moments I've had out there that you can see why the allure's there. You can see why people want to surf these waves. But at the same time, for me, the majority of the time where I check it, the risk versus reward ratio is more so in the risk factor mm. instead of the reward. So, you know, when you're looking at waves of like consequence, well, this is how I weigh at waves sometimes, when I paddle out certain spots is the risk versus the reward. If it's 50-50, I'm happy to go out. If it's 60-40, it's starting to say no. And if it's 70-30, which sometimes can be at that place, do you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. Where it gets to a stage where you kind of got to think to yourself, okay, well, if it's seven out of ten waves I'm not going to make and it's only going to be three that I will percentage-wise, if that's what you've weighed up, is it worth the reward? 100%. 100%. And then if you're adding a few more people on the lineup who's, if there's more than three people, that someone's getting hurt. And people are towing. Yeah, 100%. Well, you the know. tow is a big change because, like, yeah, bodyboarding and towing doesn't really work on the East Coast for a lot of waves. Like, it I doesn't. get it at the right and stuff. You need that. Well, actually, Louis and stuff prove that you don't, but to get the proper ones, you need it. But all the East Coast slabs, I don't think there's a wave on the East Coast that's not paddleable. Yeah, for sure. In certain height ranges, I think over 15 foot, it starts to become not unmanageable, but it becomes a lot to the top 1, 1%. Yeah, you notice like the those 1%. big, big depot sections, it's not getting into the way, it's not the problem. It's like being able to bottom turn going that fast on a bodyboard is for the problem. Sure. Like, and you know, it's like chain and stuff have got like lead weights in their boards now like i know it's like i did that one in that clip this came out i barely even get bloody barreled yeah well if you look at all the surfers all their toe boards are weighted as hell i was struggling to even get a rail on that thing and i was like barely even that bigger one out there so i think that's gonna that's the problem with the boog is like once you're going those speeds is actually holding a line and being able to put your weight in but you know what shows you know that how who defy that as human beings Mm. you look at jace finlay and glenn thurston yeah Bro, that is in And Brando. And Brando, for sure. The way they can anchor their body into such large demanding pits is insane. Glenn Thurston especially, like Jason, Brando are in a league of their own. And Jace all round would have to be one of my favorite bodyboarders ever. 100%, because his ability man. in every level is incredible. But Glenn Thurston, when it comes to... Yeah, control. Oh. That, that's what we were talking about, about that skill of like being in a barrel. Bro, just underneath the heaviest 10 He never looked out of control rips. ever. Like, and yeah, he just was on the face. Also, he was he's on like the rail. 100 kilos and like six foot five or whatever. He was, well, he was Zeus. Out, but he like, was Zeus. Which is then why when you look at Brendo, had the same control and he'd be what, five foot five kind of yeah. thing, like little nugget yeah. kind and of yeah, thing. And, and he had the same control that Glenn had. For sure. It goes, it goes to show it's all skill. It's not body size at all. 100%. All skill. And it's mentality too. Skill and mentality, yeah. I guess they both had guard on their sides. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, that, that's it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Brenda actually addressed that in one of our first podcasts, mm-hmm. you know, speaking about God and speaking about where he – he went on that path and he was learning different things about the world and, and utilizing his faith to go to different heights. And I think it was positive in a lot of ways, but ultimately maybe detrimental. I think he made the analysis because of where it led him to in the end and maybe being too fanatical about things where he, he put himself to. in some really bad situations with a lot of faith in well, from having faith. For and sure. Yeah, like he's lucky that didn't kill him, I think. In certain ways, yeah, yeah, for sure. He was, yeah, like. But does it also maybe point to the fact that him being so positive and forthcoming with his intentions maybe just is is the key half time? Because, you know, we all, like a lot of famous sportsmen, like Steve Waugh, even like when it comes to test cricket and and batting, he would always say that it's 10% physical and 90% mental. 100%. And it's like. It shows that, yeah, your mental attitude is really will adapt your situation around you. Like it'll, if you're positive about it, I think positive things can come to you in that yeah. kind of way. But I think, yeah, he was so convinced that someone was looking out for him that got himself out of that situation. Oh, who knows? Maybe there is a God that was helping him through those situations. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of people have said that God will look after me and then aren't here anymore. So, you know. I know. If it, don't, it doesn't work for everyone, so. 
But um, yeah, there's like a spiritual belief that you can only put so much faith into and and guide. I think you, you are so your far. own god in that sense, you know. Yeah. Um, like yeah. as long as you got faith in yourself. And look, the perfect example of that is like, yeah, one of like the most hated, not hated. Yeah, we'll call him the most, one of the most hated. But like the reason he got so good is Bino, like his faith in himself. <laughs> like he is his own god. That guy has so much faith and confidence. It's in himself, and that's what pushed him to do the nuts things that he did. Yeah, was just this like I am the man. I am good enough to do this, and I'm going to yeah. show everyone that I'm the admit, fucking man, best. Like ninety nine percent of the times at sessions, he would paddle out being like an unsponsored bodyboarder compared to the rest of the line up there, and blow them the socks yeah, off. Yeah, blow them man. out of the water. And like no one liked that for one, and then no one liked him then telling them that he oh, was doing and that. He would tell them, and Sean to this yeah. day still fucking tells them. hundred percent, and like, but yeah, I, but like I guess I think that guy that, what I'm getting at is this: it's all your mental attitude. Like Brendo and Glenn were like, "I have a god that's gonna look after me." Pino was like, I am God. <laughs> I will look after me. <laughs> so if you've got that positive mental attitude, like that's all it is. That PMA is going to get you through those things. And maybe I don't always have that. Like after seeing some hectic shit. Yeah. I lost a lot of that confidence, I think. And that's maybe with big waves now after seeing the consequences. I've seen a lot of gnarly consequences happen to people in the lineup. Like we have been out there when people have passed away and stuff. And it's like mm. you Man, actually, the only session I've been in where someone's actually died was fucking three-foot Rocky Point. Yeah. Who was that? Uh, some surfer got dropped in on, went overhead first, knocked out, drowned. Yeah, really? I remember again, he, he got brought up on the shore, and it was wild because, like, that was, I think, my first or second Hawaii season, and we were surfing 10-foot, 20-foot yeah. pipe, like, whatever. We're surfing YMA. I was surfing these gnarly ways, and then we go for a fun session out to a three-foot Rocky Point, and someone dies. Well, think about someone dying at Rocky Point. Think about you almost getting taken out by locals during <laughs> what Rocky season Point, was that? <laughs> yeah. Um, when did you have to almost shave your head? Did you shave your oh, head? Oh, that was our pipe. Yeah. That so big one. With, tell us about that local run-in. Oh, yeah. This is a Riptide article about that back in the yeah. day. Um, what issue was that, Sam? Can you oh, recall that? Not sure what he was. <laughs> I'm joking, bro. Um, but yeah, no. Um, oh, yeah, I'm I'm getting another beer. Continue. Did you, oh, did you want another drink? Do you want, do you want to like pause it? Yeah, for let's two pause sex? it. Yeah, for two seconds. Yeah. Sick. Um. Um. Yeah. Sorry, the pipe conversation. Yeah, yeah, we're back. We're back after pissing a. Yeah, we had a quick cut out. Beer. Quick cut out there um, and realise that we've been speaking for almost two hours. We probably should wrap this up. Yeah, and we're getting crazy messages on our phone from both our partners, especially myself at the moment. You have no concept of time. You look outside how dark it is. Put a sausage on. He is starving. Put a sausage on. Yeah. <laughs> They're the messages I'm getting from my my um, wife at the moment. I haven't. I have just a bunch of, are you okay? I guess I'll get dinner for myself. Yeah, look, we've screwed up. Um, that's on us. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, this is this is all fair. Yeah, this is all fair chat. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll go on with the Hawaii story of why you got um interrogated at Pipe, and then we'll we'll cut it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, back to the Hawaii being just like the most crowded wave in the world. Like just crowd. Like basically, every, back then it's not a thing anymore. I don't think within at least within the bodyboarding community, it definitely still is in the surf community. But like. The Hawaii season was like the proving ground that like you had to do a Hawaii season to prove yourself. And like it's bullshit when you think about it. It's like spent that amount of money as an Australian to go to that. Especially the conversion rate for US dollars. Yeah, like you could have done the most amazing trips ever. And most of the time it was like 60 cents of the dollar. Yeah, but it was this proving ground you had to do it when we were that age kind of thing. So, yeah, I think it was one of these – I was. It was my last season, so I was a bit older by then. I would have been maybe 18, 19 or something. Um, that so much went down that season. It just cemented me never wanting to go there again. Um, but, yeah, I was out pipe. I wasn't even that good. It was like six to eight foot. It was a real bad season. It was that season. It was like pipe didn't really even turn on that whole season. I don't think. I think I had sand on it like the whole time. Wow. Because that's the thing. You can go to Hawaii in the season – like it doesn't happen often, but some seasons you go and it'll turn on once in two months. Like yeah. people don't see that side of it. Not many West Wales. Like the twenty twelve season, I think it was good. Like every day for two months yeah. straight, it didn't get under ten foot. Like which is what they were used to. But like mm. now the climate in the world's crazy. Like that stuff just 
three seasons I did, one of them with Lozzie, the other two just by myself. The one of them was definitely one of those seasons. Yeah. Where it was like you were surfing Kiki more days, you were just kind of at Rocky Point yeah. getting fun. That well. season we pretty much just surfed Kiki every okay, do you remember? Day. I don't that? even remember. That was hectic. That was that season that I got punched. I think it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was just kind of crap. Like Pipe turned on maybe once. Oh, it turned on for the comp because you were there. Yeah. For the comp. That was so good. That yeah, comp. yeah. So it Us turned on, on the beach the- with like all our drinks stored in the sand yeah. from um, Foodland. Party like, packs. Oh, bro, the party packs. Yeah. <laughs> they they sorted so out good. The day, hey, Ten of the finest mixed drinks. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, no, so it was just like another one of these pipes uh, where you're getting no waves. And I think I'd sat out there for this point. I think I'd been out there since sunrise four hours and hadn't caught a wave yet. Yep. Pretty um, standard pipe material. Yeah. And like, actually, actually, that's exceptionally long. Yeah, it was ridiculous. And it was just that season was just so crowded and it wasn't good. So then the one day it was kind of good, just the locals were storming it down. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I finally got one. Didn't drop in on anyone. Was in, like, the perfect spot. And this – um. Guy lives on the North Shore. He's not even a local, I found out, though. Uh, Kieran Jabor. He's a... Mm. God, I don't even know where he's from. Jabor. Jerk. Um, <laughs> yeah, so he burnt me because he wrote for Volcom. So he just like... Yeah, I don't know. They're and like, the Volcom has to up? Yeah, well, he knows Dodge wants to take off. He didn't uh. get to his feet. So, um, like, he's going to drop in on me... Like all tough guy spec, and as he's got to his feet, his nose dies, and he's gone. So this is on your outside rail. You're going left. Yeah, so I'm looking up at this all going down, and then like my mind's gone. I'm pulling in. (laughs) Like you fucked it by. I'm still pulling in. So I just like uh, scooped under him, got barreled, came out. It was like six to eight foot one. It wasn't even that good kind of thing. Like it would be a B roll clip. Like it wouldn't be like any areas. Um, but then I pull off and the whole house starts whistling. So what I reckon probably from the angle the Volcom house was looking, it may have looked like he's run into me and then nosedived. Yeah. But it, where you didn't straight no. down and give him the wave. Or yeah, whatever. I should have just. Or like pin dropped. Or yeah, just stopped, I should have yeah. just gone straight and accepted my fate as like an Aussie body water or whatever. But um, yeah. Which is like so dangerous. You see why people get hurt out that wave. But um, it is gnarly like that. Eh? And and I understand that the crowd regulation factor. I don't understand though, like the you know, aggression, yeah. the jock side of it. Like this, yeah. surfing's meant to be this relaxing thing. These guys carry on like jocks. Um, but yeah, so like the whole house is whistling, and then like so everyone's like, cool. it's so funny. Like pipe has like two hundred people in the lineup, so condensed, and then. That shit happens, and there was like a perfect circle of like thirty feet around me. Like I was just by myself. Everyone moved away because they knew what was happening. Yes, and then this kid's obviously got all this stuff to prove. Like now, I find out that he wasn't even like a real local. Like he just moved there a few yeah. years earlier or something. It makes sense. And also, when all the whistles and everything goes off in the house, yeah, everyone sees and hears. So everyone. he's just come straight for me, and like luckily he's just this weak kid. So he's just like punching me in the head repetitively and it was doing nothing. In the form of Ricky's, like in, in possibly like shadowing Ricky Stewart here, the NRL coach from the Canberra Raiders, was he a weak gutter dog then and he's a weak gutter dog now? Yes. Yeah. And that's um, just a reference for all the Australians out there who love their NRL. Yeah. That's a full weak gutter um, dog moment right there. And so, yeah, it was like fine to be honest. Like he's just kind of trying to hold me down and punch me. And I wasn't punching back. You don't punch back in those situations. No way. No way. Take him. I'm just taking what, I, taking what I'm copying. But then what happened next was what was the fucked up part about it. And I'm going to throw someone under the bus that I know a lot of people who listen to this podcast will idolize and look up to. But I can tell you now he's not the person he says he is on the internet. Um, Jamie O'Brien paddles out of nowhere. I had just been at his house like two nights before with Alex Leon having beers, talking to this guy like he's a nice guy. He paddles straight up to me, fucking hell, you bodyboard, and man grabs me by the back of the head, starts like semi-drowning me underwater, and then pulls me up and just punches me so hard in the face, like fully almost knocked me out. Just being this jock turbo fucking loser, um, like so unnecessary, and then takes my board, pushes it over the falls, board goes in. So then I've got to half concast swim in through like 10 foot beach park. Yeah, like, which no is the worst. Board. And it always seems to be bigger at beach park. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Have you noticed oh, 100%, that? 100%. It gets yeah. bigger. Like, yeah. yeah, it was. And like just so much. Beach park's so much heavier than pipe. Like, For sure. So scary. Well, it's just um, pretty much a straight closeout. Yeah, it came in and I came in on everyone still whistling when I finally, because it took me so long to get in. And then like I just sat in that rip and got swept down towards Rocky Point, finally came in, found my board. 
walked up the beach, like kind of this iconic photo of me, like just so yeah. broken, just like so cut. Who snapped that? That was in black and white. Oh, I think Beasus. Yeah. That was or Ben good. Harney maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I was staying with him because he got that, was in a movement? that season too. Rip, rip tied a movement. One of the two. I can't remember. Yeah, I almost think it might have been movement. Maybe. Yeah, no, because the Rip Tide like talked about it and I didn't actually name names in that article because I was still scared, but now I do not care. Yeah, and get me, brother. Um, yeah, like, yeah, fuck. It's after over. that shit, and I like look at it now as an adult. I'm like, you just bashed a like teenage kid for no reason. Yeah, as an sure. elite sportsman, like he should have been vilified for that. hundred percent. And I guess when you look at it now, in this day and age, if that occurred, there's no way in God's green earth a vlogger like Jamie O could would, get away with would that. Get away with it. Yeah, exactly. All right, we just have. Um, we're wrapping it up. Yeah, we're wrapping up. We just have got our family coming in the door. My beautiful son and wife, and she's looking at me going, how dare you hold a podcast over two hours? We have lots to talk about, which is wonderful, though. We really have lots to talk about. Hello, Bubba. All right, we better cut this. Man, Sammy, I appreciate you coming on, bro. And I really appreciate your time and giving all the stories. Yeah, heavy story to wrap it up on. But, yeah, anyway, I was fun. Piped in break again for that rest of that season, so I was happy days. But, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, look, it's been great chatting, bro. Yeah, we need to do it again really soon. 100%. You? All right. Speak soon, everybody. Bye.